children, you're dismissed. Well, good morning. So good to see you out this morning. Amen. Um, do something with me. I don't like the way that sounds, Curtis. Amen. If you have your Bibles, if you would go to 1 Samuel chapter number 1. 1 Samuel chapter number 1. And again, happy Mother's Day, ladies. God bless you. May this be a day of joy and peace and we thank God for you. May God's richest blessings be upon you. I want to talk this morning about Hannah, a woman who brought her burden to the Lord. And if um, we were going to put a P.S. on that, we would say and it made all the difference. It made all the difference. If you would, I want to begin with verse 9. We'll just skip some verses. and Let's go right to verse 9. 1 Samuel chapter number 1 and verse 9. And the Bible says, uh, once when they were, had finished eating and drinking at Shiloh, Hannah stood up. And now Eli the priest was sitting on a chair by the doorpost of the Lord's temple. In bitterness of soul, Hannah wept much and prayed to the Lord. And she made a vow saying, O Lord Almighty, if you will only look upon your servant's misery and remember me, and do not forget your servant, but give me a son. Then I'll give him to the Lord for all the days of his life, and no razor will ever be used on his head. And as she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart. Her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard, and Eli thought she was drunk. He said to her, How long will you keep on getting drunk? Get rid of your wine. Not so, my Lord, Hannah replied. I'm a woman who's deeply troubled. She says, I'm sorrowful. I've not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant as a wicked woman. I've been praying here out of my great anguish and grief, out of my broken heart and my burden. And Eli answered, go in peace, and may the God of Israel grant you what you've asked of him. She said, may your servant find favor in your eyes. Then she went away and ate something. Her face was no longer downcast. Early the next morning, they arose and worshipped before the Lord and then went back home. Elkanah lay with Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. So in the course of time, Hannah conceived, gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, saying, because I asked the Lord for him, Hannah, a woman who brought her burden to the Lord. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you are a God that cares about our burdens and our barrenness and that you are a healer and a restorer. We thank you for the faith that this woman of God displayed, an example to all of us. Help us to imitate her faith and to trust you and to touch you like she did, that we might receive what we need. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, in our story, we're going to see Hannah go from sorrow to song and bitterness of soul to boasting in the Lord, from sadness to gladness, because this woman of faith knew what to do with her burden and made all the difference in her life. She knew what to do with her burden, and then she knew what to do once she got the blessing, and that's a part two of a sermon. But the name Hannah, we have Elkanah, the husband, and he had two wives, one Peniah. Um, and she had many children, but Hannah had none, and she was barren. And the name Hannah means grace, and she certainly needed the grace of God to handle her burdens 
There was a divided home. There was um, her rival that would provoke her and rub salt in the wounds, make fun of her. And, of course, she was childless. She was barren. There was an emptiness in her life. There was, there was something in there that was disappointing, and she just seemed she couldn't grasp. But out of the sadness and the desperation, God did something wonderful, and God still does, and He still restores, and He still mends, and He still fills the empty places of our lives, and He still restores the areas that life or circumstances have beat up and knocked down. We serve a God who is a healer and a friend of the wounded heart. We serve a God that is able to restore areas of our lives that others have said that's beyond hope, but if Jesus is there... There is hope for you. There is hope for your situation. And we're going to see through the life of Hannah how to approach God and touch God's heart that we might receive the grace from His hand. Can you say amen? Now her situation is like this. The first eight verses tell us that Elkanah, again, he had two wives and one had many children and the other had none. And barrenness in those days was a social stigma. It kind of was an embarrassment. It was as if God was saying, you're not blessed of me, and there's something about you I don't like. And children, of course, were the security in old age back in those days. And she was barren, and it affected her, and it shamed her. And her rival would insult her. Instead of ignoring it, she'd rub salt in those wounds and provoke her and irritate her. And her husband, though he loved her, he quite didn't understand and really misunderstood how she felt. Sometimes people can't really get inside your heart. Nobody but God can do that. And, of course, there was the priest, the priest of all people, who should have been there for some encouragement, but he was out of touch. And instead of support, he judges her falsely and criticizes her cruelly. And then most likely in Hannah's heart, there's a feeling of being forgotten by the Lord. It had been a long season of disappointment, and that can do it to any of us. But she prayed. That's the key. She prayed. She refused to allow the emptiness. She refused to allow the year after year of disappointment to, to provoke her and drive her away from God. Quite the opposite. Quite the contrary. It drew her closer to God. And it's so important this morning that we understand how to handle our burdens and what to do with the bruises that life inflicts upon all of us. How to avail ourselves to the amazing grace of God. How to draw near to the burden bearer that is willing and that is able to comfort us, to counsel us, to lift us up that we've fallen, to touch us in the areas that it seems like life has scarred and marred. We serve a loving Savior. He's willing and He desires to touch you at the point of your need. Let's follow the example of Hannah and learn how to press in that we might receive from that grace. Can you say? Amen. Now, um, it's important that we learn how to handle things biblically and properly. I read a line this week that said, drive carefully. It's not only cars that can be recalled by their maker. <laughs> and I read that it got me thinking, drive carefully, live biblically. Because disappointments can take their toll on us if we don't respond to them in the proper way. And learn how to avail ourselves of the mercies and grace of the great physician, just like Hannah did. You see, in our lives, your life, my life, whether we're 100% sold out or just kind of going through the motion, doesn't matter. In this case, in our lives, at times like Hannah, we have unfulfilled expectations and disappointments. There's areas of barrenness that God wants to fill. 
And there's areas in people's lives that God would like to see fruitful again. He'd like to restore the song again. He'd like to bring a joy and a gladness to that place again. There's times that we have to endure unkind criticism and being provoked, harsh words, unkind words that that accuse and that slander. And of course, maybe we all have to touch a bit of being misunderstood. Sometimes people that should know better but are insensitive and, and like a priest considering her drunk. And sometimes those that you think should be supportive just kind of misread the whole thing and said are very negative. But Hannah was a real woman of grace and faith. And just glancing through this story, we, we see these characteristics in her life that are really something we can all reach for. I mean, she was a godly woman. She was a lovable woman. She was a gentle woman to handle the provoking, to handle that irritation and not cause more friction. A gentle woman. She was a thoughtful woman, a blessed woman, a woman chosen by God to bring forth a mighty prophet and leader in some of the darkest times of Israel's history. You don't know what God has in store for your children, and you might never know if you don't dedicate them to the Lord and really bring them up in the ways of God and give them the advantage and give them the the possibility to really become who God has created them to be. Now, though she had wonderful traits and she was a godly, prayerful woman, those traits did not exempt her, just like they don't exempt us from the trials of life. Hannah gives you and I an example to follow, an inspiration for our faith when we face times like these. Hannah, the woman who brought her burden to the Lord, And whose response made all the difference. Psalm 147 and verse 3 describes our Lord and his heart to us like this. The Bible says he heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. And that's just what Jesus desires to do this day in this service for whoever needs that healing touch that only the Savior can bring. Now, the Bible story tells us that year after year, this family would go and make their annual trek, their pilgrimage to the tabernacle at Shiloh, where the tabernacle was and the ark was and the high priest was there. And they would go each year and they would worship the Lord and they'd make sacrifice. And it would be almost a festive time as as they'd give out the food to the, the children, the children. But of course, for Hannah, that was a time of being reminded that she was alone and that she didn't have others. And it it kind of stirred up the feelings of forgotfulness and anguish and sorrow. But this time was different than the other times. For whatever reason, this time she was provoked not only to sorrow. She was provoked beyond sorrow. She was provoked to seek the Lord. And that makes all the difference. When we're provoked by life, when we're irritated by life, it's important that we allow that thing to drive us to God, not away from God. It's so important that we learn where to take the hurts and the frustrations in life because if they're not dealt with, they get infected. If they're just left alone, they can affect the whole rest of us. But if we learn to take them to Jesus, we'll find a wonderful counselor and a merciful high priest. We'll find a great physician that is able. He knows you personally. He knows you perfectly. He knows you intimately. And He loves you. And He can care for you. And when no one else can understand, you can talk to Jesus. He understands it, and He's willing to bring you through it. Blessed be His holy name. Now, the solution was she sought the Lord. 
Hannah takes her burden to the Lord and unburdens her heart. Um, now, she could have dwelt on the negative and just stayed there. She could have just um, given in to the self-pity and refused to be moved or healed. But instead, she draws near and unburdens her heart to the Lord. Think about it. She could have had an attitude, I'm going to retaliate against those that I blame and those that are making fun of me and those that are ignoring me. Or she could have just lashed out at life because there was a spot in her that was unfair and unkind. Or she could have just curled up and just kind of wanted to give up and die or give up on God. But instead, she chooses to come to the only one that has the ability to help her and the wisdom to know her and the grace and mercy to heal her. I want someone to know Jesus loves you. I want someone to know Jesus cares about you. Things maybe you can't even talk to your spouse about. You can take that burden. You can take that conversation. You can take that confusion to Jesus. He'll listen to you. He'll speak to you if you give Him time. And He'll touch you if you let Him. Oh, what a Savior we serve. I want someone to know this morning that the throne of grace is a marvelous place to take our burdens, to receive strength for our battles, to find healing for our wounds, and wisdom as we walk this pilgrim walk. Let's note four things from Hannah's prayer that can help us touch God and be touched by God. Now, you know, some things in life... A couple of aspirin just won't do. Come on, say amen. There's some things in life that just a nap won't take away. I read this. If you're a mother, I'm going to read a lot of mother's things this week. If you're a mother with a lot of tension, you know, you got them toddlers, and you get a headache, do what it says on the aspirin bottle. Take two aspirin and keep away from children. I thought about that. You know, you know, I'll be honest with you, sometimes that's all you need, amen, a little peace and quiet, send them to grandma, no, no, send them somewhere, amen, and, and you know, a couple of Tylenol, a little peace and quiet, it's amazing, but some things, not even a nap can help, not even duct tape can handle, amen, some things in life, <laughs> the psalmist says, some things, all I can do is lead me to the rock that's higher than I. Some things, aspirin can't help, and, and peace and quiet can't help, and your best comedy can't. Some things are beyond all those things, and that's where we need to go to the living God, the almighty God, the most high God, the wonderful counselor, the burden bearer, the one that wounds the heart of the hurting, and the one that is a loving father. And a faithful friend. And that's what we find in the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's note these four things. Number one, Hannah's prayer required, required, underline required in your thinking, required no special formula or method or style. Prayer requires no special formula. Um, we, we know the Bible says we pray to the Father in Jesus' name. But the important thing, not so much a style, stand, sit. Jump on one foot, twirl around, whatever, wave this. No, 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 no. The the, the important thing is not so much the style. Did you say the right formula? The important thing is to seriously and sincerely draw near and pour your heart to God. Talk to God. Prayer is a person-to-person call. You talk to God. That's the important thing. You see, there's various ways. I mean, she prayed spoken. She prayed unspoken. She cried, and then she spoke in her heart. Different ways to pray, but the important thing is to make sure we do pray. 
that we do take the burden to the Lord and don't just let it fester in our lives or try to suppress it with other things, but pray and seek the Lord and sincerely draw near and pour out that he might pour in. It's time to seek the Lord. The prophet said it like this, seek the Lord. While he can be found, call upon him. While he is near, someone says, when is that? That's now. That's today. That's this very moment. He is near and he is waiting. And you can touch him and you can call on him. And he'll hear you and he'll heal you. And he'll work his wonders in your life. It's a day to call on the way of God. Now, it's not so much style, so we got that down. But it's the sincerity and the substance of drawing near to God and really pouring out one's heart to God. We see that in verse 15. She says, listen, I'm not drunk. I'm pouring out my soul to God. I'm here because life has stricken me and and life is weighing me down and, and nothing else can help and I need to come to the one that can. I'm just unloading in the presence of God. And her bitterness was turned to sweetness because she prayed and she pressed through and touched the living God, like that woman in the Gospels that had an issue of blood and she had to press through the crowd. And, and sometimes there's things that will try to hinder you from touching the Lord. But you, you don't, don't, don't give up and don't let those things deter you. Just make up your mind. Enough is enough. I'm going to take this burden. I'm going to take this bruise. I'm going to take this situation to the living God who loves me, who desires me, and I'm going to leave it at His feet. Some things might try to hinder. Some things might try to knock me off course, but I made up my mind. I will be determined. No turning back. I'll press through the crowd. I'll reach for it with faith and I'll touch the hem of his garment. I'm going to pour out my heart. I'm going to pour out. I don't want to carry that anymore. I'm tired of that thing harassing me at night. I'm tired of that thing messing with my head. I'm tired of that thing ruining relationships and hindering me from walking in the victory that God desired. I'm going to pour it out. Psalm 62 and verse 8, David, the man after God's own heart, he gives us some information here. He says, trust in Him at all times. Oh, people, pour out your hearts to Him, for God is our refuge. I love that David says to the people of God, pour out your hearts to Him. Come before the Lord and just let it out. God is the place of our refuge. God is the place where we can go where there's nowhere else to go. God is the place to find help when we're hurting, to find wisdom when we're confused. God is the place in Him, that strong tower, we can draw near and in His presence find what we need for the battles of life. Prayer requires no special formula or style, but you have to know that you can touch God. You don't have to have a degree. You don't have to go to a special class. If you're a child of God, you can touch God if you'll just give the effort to seek God. And He wants to hear you. And when He hears you, He will help you. Hallelujah. It's the important thing that we do pray. Because when we pray, when we make up our minds that we're no longer going to allow this thing to affect us in the negative, but we're taking it and we're dealing with it properly. We're saying, in effect, I'll no longer choose to nurse it. I no longer choose to curse it. 
I no longer choose to rehearse it, but I'm going to disperse it by casting it on the Lord. And He will, He will work His will in my heart and in my life. Number one, prayer requires no special formula. So any one of you hear me, you can come to the Lord with that situation and you can trust God to work in your life. Number two, prayer releases our problems to God. Jesus will carry the load if you let him. You know, there's so many in life that are really being broken down because they're looking to the chemical. They're looking to the counterfeit to fill the void, to help them cope, to bring them through. I want you to know Jesus will carry the load if you let him. You've got to give it to him. You've got to bring it to him by faith. But don't let there ever be a doubt. He is willing and he is able. If you cast the care, he'll receive it. If you pour out your heart to him, he won't reject you. But don't look to the counterfeits. We live in a world where so many people are hurting. And the reason is they didn't know how to handle the stress of life. They didn't know how to handle the brokenness of life. Instead of going to the master, they went to the things of the world that in hindsight just made things worse, just complicated the situation, just made a greater mess. But there is one whose name is Jesus who will restore and revive. And we see in Hannah's life, prayer releases the problem to God. To God when nothing seemed to help her life. When nothing seemed to be going right for Hannah, she released the problem to God and placed her expectations in the hands of the living God. Friend, that's what the altar is for. That's the place where we can release the burden. That's the place we can receive fresh grace. That's why the altars are here. That's why in your home you can find that quiet place and you can call on the name of Jesus and you can weep in the presence of God and you can tell Him about your struggle and you can rehearse to Him what you're feeling and you can wait on Him to touch you and you can wait with the Word and He'll speak to you. You can wait. They that wait upon the Lord, they'll renew their strength for God will breathe his breath of life and he'll pour in the oil of compassion and he'll touch them with the healing bomb that no one else can do oh my friend the Bible is showing us how prayer is not just a religious exercise but in prayer we're able to release the care to God we're able to roll the burden onto the shoulders of God here Eli the priest he, he thinks she's drinking he accuses her of pouring out too much wine, too much wine. And when all she was doing was pouring out her soul, pouring out her hurt, pouring out her conflict to God, she was going to the rock of her salvation. First Peter 5 and 7, Peter says it so well. He says, casting all your care on Him, for He cares for you. Cast all your care. Let it all go on the shoulders of the Savior. Let it all be poured out upon the throne of God's grace. Casting all your care because He cares for you. Somebody, Jesus cares for you. You're not forgotten. You're not ignored. You're not lost in a crowd. Tell your neighbor He cares for you. Just tell that person, God cares for you. God, you might be a rebel this morning. You might be here because Mama made you come. He still cares for you and He's waiting for you and He's wooing you to come and make it right. But don't you ever forget, He cares for you. You might have been rebellious 
rebelling. You might be running. Jesus cares for you. He hasn't forgotten you. He's not willing to let you go. He'll keep calling your name. He'll keep tugging on your heart. He'll keep reaching out to you through circumstances. Why? Because the Lord loves you. The Lord desires that you come to Him. That you know His goodness. That you taste of His mercy. And that you walk with Him all the days of your life. Casting all your cares. God cares for you. God wants you to come to Him. And don't let that thing beat you up. Don't let that fear torment you anymore. There is a place where you can go. Don't let that sorrow from yesteryear continue to afflict you like a whip cracking at your mind. Let it go. Let it go. Let it be washed afresh and let it go. Prayer empties the heart of its care. You see, when we pray, we release the problem and that empties the heart of its care. Prayer brings the release that other things can't. Prayer releases us from the things that try to press us down. For things that try to entangle us and ensnare us and afflict our soul, provoking us and breaking us down. You see, this is a prayer that others can't pray for you. This is a prayer that calling the prayer line won't do. This is a prayer that you have to come and you have to pour out and you have to take the time. Hannah poured out. She emptied herself that God could fill her. She poured out her anxiety and her anxiousness and her pain that God could pour in the mercy, the grace and the love. Prayer empties the heart of its care. And this kind of prayer acknowledges that the answer is beyond our human ability. And God responds to such prayer. The Heavenly Father is attracted to such an attitude. This kind of prayer is a mixture of humility and confidence. It says, I can't, but oh God, I know you can It says, God, I'm not able to go any further, but I know you're more than able to restore that part of my life, to revive that part of my life, to give me a new hope and a new song in that area of my life. You see, prayer is more than positive thinking. Prayer is talking to God and communing and communicating with God. Prayer is more than just wishful thinking. I'm hoping someday things will work out or things will change. It's a person-to-person call. He said, call on me and I will answer thee. He says, come and talk with me. Come and articulate to me. Come and communicate with me and I'll answer thee and I'll touch you and I'll work in your life. Don't, don't, Don't miss this great advantage. Don't miss this precious privilege that we have to come boldly with a confidence to the throne of grace. There's nothing that can compare with it. Hannah drew near and Hannah poured out. She called upon the living God and that made all the difference. The psalmist said, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Take me to the place where the living God can do what only He can do. Again, some things that the prayer line can't do for you. Some things putting in a prayer request is not good enough. You've got to seek Him so you can find Him. You've got to call on Him so He'll answer you. You've got to talk with the Lord so the Lord will talk back to you. James 4 and 8. Draw near to God and He will draw near to you. God says if you'll 
will draw near to me. I won't reject you and I won't ignore you. I'll draw near to you. And friends, when God draws near, something good is going to happen. In the presence of Jehovah, in that presence there's healing. In that presence there's understanding. In that presence those chains and shackles melt away. That there's a freedom from what cursed you yesterday and what has you in bondage for tomorrow. In the presence of the Lord, beautiful things, wonderful things happen. But you've got to get there. You've got to take the time to draw near and sit in His presence and talk to the Savior. And I promise you, He'll touch you and He'll heal you and He'll work something glorious in you. Come on, give me an amen this morning. Prayer requires no special formula. Hannah shows us this. But prayer releases our problem to God. You've been carrying it for 20 years. Let it go. How many more relationships is it going to curse? You don't have to carry it. You don't have to nurse it and rehearse it anymore. There is a burden bearer who is willing to take it. After a while, your family get tired of hearing about it. They say, my Lord, is 30 years. We'll get over it. And in our human, in the humanness, we have limited. But he's got unlimited compassion. But if you take it to him, you can talk to him about it. And he'll take it. Come on, say amen. Oh, yeah. What I'm saying, that attitude is the thing that's been killing your life. You're blaming the ex-wife. You're blaming your father. You're blaming this one, your attitude. And that attitude comes because there's something in your life you haven't laid at an altar. It might be a behavior that God says enough is enough. It might just be a situation you've been blaming God about or blaming the world about, and it affects you. You don't like to admit that, and you don't want to hear that when others tell you that. But the problem, that the cartoon says, we've seen the enemy, and it is us. I look in the mirror, and the problem is not the in-law, and it's, not, it's right here. But I can take this rascal to the throne of grace. And I can talk to a living God that knows me better than I know myself. And I can be honest and say, God, that frustrated me. God, that hurt me. God, that angered me. And if I am willing to sit in his presence long enough, not this little dab will do you a bit. Not this drive through, quick breathe on me, pray for me. Stop asking someone to pray for you. Start learning how to draw near to God and pray for yourself. That's where the real deep lasting blessing comes. You can pray for me, but it won't last as long as if I pray for myself. But I press through to my... It's different. It's different. Trying to be dignified. Mother's Day. How about we get set free on Mother's Day? How about lives start getting transformed on Mother's Day? Why why my relationships all go sour? This is something in here that needs to be dealt with. Amen? Well, the person say, if the world smells like Limburger, check, check, you know, check your mustache. You might have something there, you know? Amen? I read one today. I read one this week on criticism. One person calls you a mule, just shrug it off. Four people call you a mule, go out and buy a saddle. Amen. (laughs) There are times, you know, you just got to rub off that that criticism like like Hannah. The old priest just missing the mark. But there's times after a while. It's not my mother or my brother, but it's the old Lord standing in need of prayer. Maybe I, I need to find a place and an altar in my bedroom and just say, Lord, I didn't ever got over getting fired from that job that I knew I should have got the promotion, but because I didn't drink with the boys. And I've been blaming you for that. 
and I've been a bear at home for that. I'm angry at the wife for that, and I need to get that out of here. I need to get that area of barrenness and bruised, and I need to get, I'm putting it at your feet. Lord, strengthen me. Help me to forgive what I need to forgive. Or, Lord, if I was totally the victim, just heal it. It's over. I don't want it to curse me for the next 20 years. Oh, friends, I want you to know we serve a wonderful Savior. We've got to seek his face. We have a wonderful opportunity and privilege as the children of God. But if I don't draw near to him, he's not drawing near to me. I have to have my response of faith to the invitation of his grace. God in his grace says, whosoever will, come and talk to me. You might be a terrible sinner. If you come and repent, I'll forgive you. You might be hurting and broken. If you'll come to me and be honest with me, I'll heal you and I'll work in your life. The invitation of God's grace, whosoever will, you can come. I love you with an everlasting love and I'm willing to minister grace and healing to your heart. That's the invitation of grace, but my faith has to respond to that. I can't just ignore that. I can't just put that aside. I have to say, yes, Lord, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I've had enough. Hannah was groaning. She was overwhelmed with a burden and an emptiness. And she said, enough is enough. She's provoked me. I've been disappointed year after year. Enough is enough. I'm going to seek the living God. I'm going to pour out my soul to the living God who is full of mercy and compassion. I'm not just going to take lightly the invitation of grace. I'm going to respond with the obedience of faith. Prayer acknowledges the answer is beyond our ability. But God likes that. That's attractive to God. God is attracted to human humility and weakness. He draws near the brokenhearted. And this combination that says, God, I can't. I give up. But I know you can. That moves his heart. That draws him near. And that's the beginning of a wonderful miracle in your heart and in your life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, let's look at this. Oh, this is beautiful. Number one, prayer requires. Number two, prayer releases. Number three, prayer renews. Prayer renews our trust in God's power and care. You know, when we go through the battle, it can wear us down. When we go through something, it can take its toll. But we find out in the story of Hannah, prayer renews our trust in God's power in God's prayer. Prayer restores our focus. So therefore, prayer can renew our strength. Prayer restores our focus, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher. Prayer takes us off the pain and the problem, off the past failure, off the present difficulty. But prayer restores that focus back to the God that is for me, that is calling me, that said the work He began in me, He shall complete. It restores my focus. And as it restores my focus, it begins to revive and restore my strength. When I'm looking at this, drains me. When I'm looking at that, it frustrates me. When I'm looking at that, it just beats me down because I get overwhelmed by it. But when I lift up my eyes to the hills, when I set my faith on my God and my King, then faith comes alive. I'm reminded of His goodness. I'm reminded of His faithfulness. I'm reminded that He's greater than whatever I'm facing behind me or before me. And faith begins to stir afresh. My strength begins to be 
renewed. In prayer, Hannah's able to let down the fretting and release her faith in God. She walks away from this prayer time with the confidence that God, the living God, has heard me. That the living God is at work in my life. Somebody, God is working. God is working. If you have sought Him, if you've drawn near to God, you write it down. Don't you doubt it. He is working in your life. You might not always feel it or perceive it with the senses, but if you've called on Him, He said, I will answer thee. If you cast that care, He says, I'm releasing my grace. You might be in a situation. It doesn't look like anything is happening. Have you sought Him? Have you stood on His Word? Have you drew near to God? If you've done that, God has not grown deaf. God, His arm is not too short. He's working in your life. He's working behind the scenes. And if you keep trusting, God's going to bring His will to pass. He's going to work through that situation. He's going to scatter that opposition. He's going to bring peace to that confusion. And you're going to praise Him for His goodness and His grace. Went to the one that was able. We serve a God. Able. Able. Able to heal the deepest hurt. Able to move the mightiest mountain. Able to work in the most complex of situations. She committed her calls. I think Amy, uh, Corey Tenboom, Corey Tenboom, she wrote in The Hiding Place, There is no pit so deep, but he is not deeper still. There is no situation he cannot reach down into. There is no problem so terrible that he cannot shine his light and bring into work miraculously in that situation. Nothing is too hard. No problem or pain is too great. No sin is so horrible that his grace will not work to the repented. Hannah's faith and devotion were so strong. They were able to really lift her up. Because that's what prayer and faith does. It lifts us up. As we look to God, it, it rises us above the misunderstandings and the criticisms and um, the, the disappointments that we've experienced. Or her prayer caused her faith to rise and her prayer brought her into the secret place of the Most High, into the place of God's divine presence where again pains are healed and our perspectives are changed and power to prevail is imparted. There's a renewing and there's a reviving. And last but not least, prayer. Prayer not only renews, but prayer recovers our joy and our peace. We said, number one, prayer requires no special lingo or language or style. If you're a Christian, you can pray. You can call on God. If you have a need, you can bring it to God. But secondly, prayer releases. That's why it's so important to pray. We carry so much stuff with us. It frustrates us and it makes us say things and do things. It wears us down. But the Bible says, cast your care upon the Lord. Take the cares, the things you can do nothing about, the things that will be on your control. Give them to the Lord. Give them to God and let Him carry the load and commit it so you don't have to carry it and they don't have to work on you. They're terrible work. But number three, we said that prayer renews our trust because when you go through the battle, it can wear you down. When you've gone through disappointments, it can take away your strength. But when we pray, we restore our focus. And it begins to revive our strength. And God begins to restore us. And hope comes alive. And the song is restored. Number four, that's where the prayer we recover. 
Have you lost your spiritual victory? You can recover it. Have you lost the sweetness of your song? You can recover it. Have you lost that error in your life that was once healthy and vibrant and somehow along the way something came? You can recover it by the grace and the power of God. You can get it back. And here we see prayer recovers our joy and our peace. Her rival provoked her. Her husband mistreated her, understood, misunderstood her. Her priest, the high priest, he misjudged her. But the Lord, he saw her heart. And the Lord, he heard her cry. And the Lord gave her the assurance that it would be answered. You see, we're going to wind this down. We need to listen to this. Faith, Hannah's faith caused her to pray when many would have given up and just accepted it or just got bitter by it. Hannah's faith. But Hannah's faith also caused her to believe when others would have been afraid to do so. Her faith caused her to pray, but then her faith caused her to believe when the answer came. We look at verses 15 and 16, and it tells us after pouring out her heart to God, and then being criticized and answering the criticism of the priest, verse 17, she hears these words. The high priest says, Go in peace, and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. Think about that. And what's her response? The Bible says she ate, she was glad, she worshipped, and she went home. What do you think about that? This has gone on year after year after year. Year after year, being provoked, being disappointed, trying and seeing no answer. But here she is crying out to God. And as she cries out to God, she touches God. And as she touches God, God speaks to her. Sometimes God speaks to us through some strange vessels, but he was the high priest. Not exactly a spiritual man, but he was in the office. One minute he sang, you're drunk. The next minute he sang, go in peace. And may the God of Israel give you what you're asking for. She had no change in her physical body. There was no physical sign or manifestation. All she had was the Word of God. Like Jesus said, and when you pray, believe that you have received. She, she had not obtained any blessing, but she was persuaded by the promise. She embraced it. She believed it. She wiped her tears, and as we say, turned her frown upside down. In the course of time, the Bible says, Hannah conceived, gave birth to a son, Samuel, heard of God. You see, it's important that when we take our burdens to the Lord, that we pray through not only to the burden is lifted, but to real faith is imparted in our hearts. I want you to think about that again. She had gone through this year after year. And this one time when she finally seeks God like she never sought God before. And she's pouring out her heart into desperation and pain and just seeking God. She had nowhere else to go. In one minute the priest is rebuking her and criticizing her. The next minute he's speaking, you got it. That's all she had. Most people would have said, well, we'll see about that. Well, he don't, who don't take no physical sign. She felt nothing, saw nothing. She walked out and said, thank you. I believe it. 
I'm going to receive it. When you pray through, don't just stop when the burden lifts. Pray through to you get the promise and faith comes alive to believe the promise. This beautiful example of Hannah showing us how in prayer we can release our problems, we can renew our faith and trust, and we can recover our joy and our peace and our answer. Hannah the mother who brought her burden to the Lord and that made all the difference. Can you say amen? We're going to pray and we'll have everyone stand and I'm going to pray especially for the mothers, but why don't we all stand and then we'll pray and open the altar. And if you're here today and you need prayer, well, it's, it's not as late as it usually is. You can come and get prayer. If you're here today and you're identifying with Hannah and there's a pain in my heart and there's an ache in my heart and there's an area that I'm sick and tired of it harassing me and tormenting me and once and for all, I want to pray through to the victory. I pray that this message is stirring your faith to believe God and draw near to God. God is no respecter of persons. And if you'll draw near to Him, He'll draw near to you. And if you'll wait on Him, He'll minister to you. He loves you with an everlasting love. He's not ranking people. He's saying, whosoever will, if you'll come to me with sincerity and faith and talk with me, I'll talk with you. And I'll touch you and I'll help you. If you'll wait on me and press in with sincerity, then I'll work in your life. And those things that have been harassing, those things that have been so heavy, those things that are just sources of irritation and frustration, they don't have to do that anymore. You can get victory in that area. You can get fruitfulness in your barrenness if you're willing to follow the example and draw near to the one that is able to do it. Can you say amen? We pray. Father God, thank you for these dear mothers especially, for their love and for their sacrifice for their service. Strengthen and encourage their hearts. Fill them afresh this day with wisdom, with joy, with peace, and with rest. Lord, you know everyone here today personally, intimately. You know us perfectly. You know our needs. You know our pain. You know our questions. You know our dreams and our desires. And Lord, I pray that you would touch hearts and speak to lives. And I pray, oh God, as men and women seek your face afresh, as men and women make up their minds, we will draw near to the living God. And we will cast this care. We will receive his grace. That Father, you'll honor their faith. In that area that's been raw, will receive a touch of the healing oil of Jesus Christ. That area that's just been angry and frustrated will receive a rest and a peace that comes only from the presence of God. And I pray for those areas of life, areas that the enemy says, oh, that'll never come alive. I pray, oh God, you'll begin to resurrect areas of people's lives that once again there'll be a song, once again there'll be a shout, once again there'll be a rejoicing. Once again that area that life said no hope, you'll begin to see it bloom again with life and grace and blessing. Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for the privilege that we can take our hearts and take our lives and draw near to you, that we can talk to you and you won't falsely judge us. 
We can pour out our hearts and you won't make fun of us. But you'll listen and with a sincere compassion, you'll speak to us. You'll minister by your spirit powerfully to us. We thank you, O God, that indeed you are the great physician. And we choose this day to avail ourselves of the privilege we have as sons and daughters of God to draw near to you and enter in to touch your heart that we might move your hand. Now, Father, I pray, ignite a fresh spirit of persevering prayer in each one of us. Father, give us a spirit of prayer that refuses to quit until it touches you and receives the promise. And I pray, Father, right now, even as we sing this song of praise, Father, in Jesus' name, let healing streams flow this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, let healing streams flow. Physical, emotional, mental, healing streams. Let them flow in a sovereign and supernatural way. Now, Father, bless this time at the altar. Breathe life and grace upon your people. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, please sing this song one time through. And if you want to pray or need special prayer, now's your time to come and receive the touch that God desires for you.
thank you, Lord, for the privilege we have that you open wide your hearts and invite your people to come, to draw near, to cast every care and burden, to receive the touch, the counsel, the power that only you have and only you can give. And Lord, as we walk through life, help us to enjoy and employ the riches we have in our salvation, to take advantage of the blessings and the benefits we have as sons and daughters of the living God. And we thank you, Lord, that in Jesus we are rich in faith, mercy, and love. And now, Father, bless your dear ones. Give them a great week. Let it be a week of rejoicing. Let it be a week that knows the peace of God that passes all understanding. Wisdom for every decision, anointing for every endeavor. Supply their needs, be their shield and their shade. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, God bless you.